This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, July 23rd, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And we're moving fast through the month of July. Only six trading days left in the month. And I started off Monday's show talking about the reversal of the reversal in growth stocks and the tech stocks. Last week, we had a a pretty big reversal where growth drastically underperformed the value side of the marketplace. And that was the, that, that was kind of the first shot across the bow when it came to that divergence. Because for, since basically the Fed started loosening policy in September of last year, growth had outperformed value. Well, last week was the first major reversal of that. And Monday, we tried to reverse that, right? Growth had a big resurgence. But basically for the last three days, it reversed all that and then some. So you're really starting to see this phase shift, at least in the near term. Now, the, the, the longer term trend hasn't broken, but it's, it's telling to me, you know, you had earnings from the likes of uh, Tesla and Microsoft, and both were down pretty good today. And it's showing you that those expectations have been built in. The expectations of their earnings were drastically built in and buy the rumor, kind of sell the news type of event. On top of that, you have inflation expectations rising dramatically. Tips are just absolutely crushing normal treasuries because of that rising inflation expectation and the falling dollar. Now, in the near term, I think we're a little overdone on all this, but what it's kind of setting up here is an environment where you're going to have multiple contraction, multiple contraction, because that's what you had in the ops you, you had in the tech space over the past nine months or so is multiple expansion, where these companies are trading at absolutely drastic multiples, especially compared to kind of smaller names. The NASDAQ to the Russell 2000 ratio has gotten to 2,000 highs. Okay, so we're in those same levels of overvaluation, and that needs to come back in. And if inflation picks up, we're certainly going to likely see the revaluation of many of these tech names. So continuation, uh, you know, like I said on Monday, they try to reverse it back to where growth was staying strong, but that was only one day. One day doesn't reverse a trend. One week doesn't reverse a trend, but now we're going into the second week. After last week, now we're going the second week. Looks like we're going to continue that trend of value starting to outperform. And it's, a, it's an important change. It's a very big change in the market because of the weighting of the S&P in these tech names, the FANG names, uh, something definitely we all need to watch. So that's the characterization of the market so far over uh, in the month of July, really. And something to watch to see how we close the month. Now, there's a lot going on. 
a lot to talk about, a lot of a lot of moving parts. You know, I just talked about tech stocks and inflation, but obviously gold and silver and precious metals are uh, a big part of that. And then there are sectors that are relatively unloved, sectors that will do well in an inflationary environment. We can talk about that as well. Now, on today's program, I'm going to do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. That's our goal each and every weekday. Clearly, you want strategies that will help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. That's our goal. But that strategy can be different for everybody. Whether you're close to retirement, in retirement, far from retirement, whether you're an aggressive investor, conservative investor, you need to invest according to your particular risk tolerance as well as your particular goals. And sometimes those don't mix. So you have to find the right balance. Right? There are people in their retirement years don't spend a lot but have a few million dollars. But they tend to be aggressive. It's in their nature. But they don't really need to be aggressive, right? Because they have plenty of money. You don't want to risk that. So you have to find a balance of something more conservative, but maybe not too conservative, but still aggressive to make them feel comfortable. And vice versa. Maybe you're young and you're not willing to take a bunch of risk, but you find that balance. Maybe they do line up. Maybe you're conservative and you have plenty of money in your retirement. Maybe you're young and you're aggressive. So those two aspects have to come together. And you have to know how to develop a strategy that combine them. Now here at InvestTalk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So that's how Steve and I run our company. That's how we run the show. So we are dedicated to that unbiased guidance and we practice parallel investing, meaning we practice what we preach. So now that I've set things up, I'm here and ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, if you want to sit down with myself or Steve for a phone call, Skype video chat, a Jive meeting video chat, however you want to connect, we can do that. We've obviously postponed travel, but we're still meeting with clients and future clients in our Irvine, California offices. So you can still, if you're in the area, you can schedule a meeting to sit down with us. So if you want to do any of that, head over to investtalk.com, click on the contact Justin and contact Steve button, and that will go directly to us. Now my focus point today concerns a question you might have if you've seen how silver has been trading. We're going to look at the perfect storm causing silver prices to surge. Also, story we found. Uh, also, also, I want to look at. Um, I want to look at wills, estate planning. I know it seems boring, but there are some things that you really need to understand and not glaze over. Especially in times of a pandemic, you want to make sure your family is taken care of and your things are in order. Your affairs are in order, even if that may be decades off. Hopefully, hopefully. But you don't want your loved ones to 
be punished for your lack of planning. So we're going to discuss that. Also, coronavirus vaccines. Why most investors are going to lose a bundle on their stocks that they are betting on the coronavirus vaccine for various reasons. And we're going to touch on that as well. And then lastly, housing numbers came in yesterday, existing home sales, and we're going to touch on that as well and what that means for the housing market, both near term and long term. Let's take a quick look at the market today. It was down pretty markedly, like I said at the top of the show. The NASDAQ was down about 2.5%. S&P was down about one and a quarter percent. Small caps were down, were actually up. IWM was up point, uh, 15 cents. So, uh, you know, modest up day there, kind of a flat day. And it shows you that dichotomy between growth and value in the marketplace. Doesn't mean Russell won't go down, but today it held up relative and just means that value's catching up. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and August is just around the quarter. And then Labor Day. For investors, the uncertainty of economic and political news is producing volatility. So how can you be better prepared to handle the market swings that are likely to continue for some time? Let's talk about it. Whatever is on your mind, your participation is an important part of the mix. It's the most important part of the mix. So we are taking your calls right now at 888-99-CHART. been another investor thursday and we've all seen the market move up down and all around it's called volatility and you'll have investment and finance questions for steve and justin they welcome your calls now invest talk 888-99-CHART hi steve and justin i love your show my stock is in the banking industry first horizon national shn if you can just give me a little insight on that. I know it's in the banking sector, but I am looking for a long-term investment. Thank you very much. All right, he's looking at First Horizon National Corporation. This is a holding company for First Tennessee Bank. has about 200 branches all around Tennessee. And Regional Bank is responsible for 65% of its revenue. Capital markets make about of about 25%. And then there's a non-strategic part as well as a corporate operations division. And it's mainly focused in Tennessee. So it's prospects are going to be tied to that area of the country. So it's a regional bank. It's very small. Its market cap is about $3 billion. I'll be looking at that 6% dividend yield. Let me take a look to see how safe that is. You're looking at a pay ratio of only 43%, but their cash dividend pay ratio is negative 23%, meaning they have negative cash flow. And that worries me here. So I don't like the backdrop of the business, and I don't like the chart either. It's rallied, yeah, over the past week or two, and value is going looks to be outperforming. Uh, but 
Rate's so low, the yield curve's so low, I definitely would pass on this. Uh, I just don't see a reason to be invested in this name. It's the historical profitability is okay. It's not fantastic. And so there's definitely better regional banks in better regions of the country. And so I know you're probably after that 6% yield, but I would not be a fan of this in the long term. Thanks for the call. That was First Horizon National Corporation. Now, you probably have noticed that silver prices are soaring, soaring. From the lows in March, silver has basically doubled. And if you look at a lot of the miners, right, and that's why I say it's better to own a lot of the miners, the SIL has gone from a low in March of 16, now we're at $45.50. That's why, if you're right and precious metals go up, the miners do much, much better. So, what is causing this? Now, first off, we know aggressive monetary fiscal and as as well as fiscal spending right because that's really the change here is we've gotten to a point where central banks are monetizing all of the debt and so it's up to congress it's up to governments to spend and they're doing it with authority and so the job of the central bank is to keep bond yield down. They don't want them to rise. And what that's doing is with fiscal stimulus, that's creating inflation signals in the marketplace. And so real yields, which are taking nominal yields minus inflation. right? So if real yields are next to nothing and then inflation is increasing, that means real yields are dropping. And that tends to be good for precious metal prices. On top of that, the stimulus that's expected, both in Europe, Europe passed one, and there's some uh, uh, green energy initiatives into it, in it, as well as what is expected uh, from a potential Biden administration are green projects. A lot of those, solar panels, for example, a lot of electronics, they demand silver. So all of this is really a perfect storm for silver, silver prices. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have a new Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast, and it's free. You can always download it over at investtalk.com. And I'm ready to take your calls right now live at 888 99 Chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck. Because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Eric in New York looking at Simon Property Group. Do you own it or are you looking to buy it? Hey, what's going on? Um, I actually have a position already. I sold some puts on it. Um, They expired in the money. Not Mm. too upset about that at this valuation. Mm. And... um, it just seems like a really great buy for me at this uh, level. I know that commercial real estate is taking a big hit, but um, Simon looks really well positioned to come out of this on top. So what do you think? Why do you say that? Why do you think they're well positioned to come out on top? Um, they specialize more in like high-end malls. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really good at creating like a customer experience. Um, they converted a lot of their space to high-end restaurants, as one example, and um, uh, they're buying out some of their retail stores that mm-hmm. haven't been doing so well. Um, so they're not losing that rental space. Um, and they have a really strong balance from what I can see. So do you agree with those points? I agree with some of those points. Uh, my issue is I don't think they have a very good balance sheet, to be honest with you. Uh, they, and that's not a knock on them as, as a company. It's just, there are REITs. REITs don't tend to have strong balance sheets because they're a pass-through entity. So they don't get to retain much of their cash flows and earnings. And so this has 16 times leverage, which is the highest it's really ever been. And their their cash flows last quarter were down 9%. And that was only with, uh, that's that's ending in March. So you only had a two or three weeks of that, of, be, of having a shutdown. So clearly it's going to drop dramatically. I know uh, plenty in this, p- people in this space, and many of them are only seeing 30 to 40% of their customers actually paying rent. And I, that's my struggle here is while they may be better positioned than most in the space, the space is going to struggle, not just for the length of the, this pandemic, but I think going forward where patterns are going to change on how businesses operate, how customers' habits will be permanently changed. And then think of all the companies that are going to go bankrupt. There are, you're already seeing that, right? You're seeing a litany of brick and mortar bankruptcies. And as we go along, you're going to see many, many more. And it's going to be difficult for these type of companies to fill that space, at least in the short to medium term, until newer companies come alive and, and, and want that type of uh, uh experience for the customers, right? Something physical, which, you know, you see that a little bit. You see some of these online companies like a, a, a Warburg, Warburg Parker, is that what it is? I remember the name. Uh, they went to, from online to brick and mortar. So that's, that's something that's going to happen, but I think it's going to take some time. So my issue here is I don't think that dividend's safe. I think they're definitely going to cut it because their cash flows are dropping and have been dropping. So don't rely on that dividend. And if you are going to own it, I certainly think that you're going to need a lot of patience and maybe a little volatility in the medium term. Now, once again, you're probably right that they are better positioned than most in the space, but it's just a tough space. So that's why I don't love it. Uh, the chart's okay, not terrible, but not good either. And if it breaks this level right around 60, oof, I would watch out. Thanks for the call, Eric. 888 chart, 888 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's talk about the vaccine stocks, the vaccine stocks. And we know that Oxford University and AstraZeneca have recently shown promising signs of their vaccine. Uh, You have Pfizer and Moderna and 
Ken Sino, Biologics, they've all published preliminary results on a vaccine. And many of these stocks are up dramatically because of the hope that they will create a vaccine. Now, while there's certainly there's certainly possibility that they come up with one, there's significant roadblocks ahead that investors aren't really taking into account. First, early stage trial results usually have avoided populations that are most susceptible to COVID-19, such as older people. There's also key questions like, are they actually effective? Just because they show that the immune system responds doesn't mean that it's actually going to be effective. And are the side effects tolerable? And we won't know that data until we have much larger trials that are going to take place probably in the fall and winter. And it's not uncommon for these problems to be hidden until you get to those later trials. Not only that, but there are 100 vaccine candidates in development worldwide. And only a handful are actually being produced by publicly traded companies. A lot of them are at universities and government agencies. So even if you bet on the correct horse, sales and profits also might not be as high as you expect because of the scrutiny on the drug industry and pricing practices, especially around an election. And then what about therapeutics that come aboard? Maybe therapeutics make it so it's not nearly as deadly as you would have thought. So I think it's fool's gold to try to bet. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. 
As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Hello, my name is Kirk. I'm calling from California. I had a quick question about this company called Cytodin. C Y D Y. It's a biotech company and it's offering up. It looks like a phase three trial for severe and critically ill patients with COVID. Uh, it looks like it got approved in Mexico. Right now it's up 11.9%. Uh, yesterday it was up 22%. So, I mean, it's looking like it's going to increase and it's going to, you know, maybe even go to 20. You know, I'm in at seven. So hopefully it works out. But uh, I really love the podcast and look forward to hearing your answer. Have a great day. Well, you're in at seven, and now it's at five dollars and sixty-eight cents. Now, that that being said, it fell down to three bucks just uh, last week, so it's up pretty dramatically. Now, it's a low-volume stock, so you're going to see this volatility. And just going back to what I said before the break was, odds are low that this will actually be the one to have a vaccine. And even if we have a vaccine, how much will the government allow these companies to monetize it, right? When this is more about the public good, they're going to allow these companies to gouge the public, gouge people to, for profit from a deadly virus? I, I, I don't think that's politically tenable in this environment. So there's just a lot of hurdles for any potential big money maker in this space. Now, certainly there will be volatility and gyrations, and you can make great money in the short term. And I think this could have another surge back towards it hit ten bucks in late June. So could it have another surge back towards eight, nine, ten bucks? Absolutely. But as an investment. I'll tell you where the investment is in this space. Picks and shovels. This is what we're looking at. We're looking at companies that help these drug companies develop 
pharmaceuticals, biologics, that are selling equipment, software, services. Because then it doesn't matter whether they're successful or not. They just need more drug development, more money going towards that space. And clearly, there's a mad rush right now for it. And I don't think that's a short-term thing. I think this is a permanent shift. And there will be more government spending for development in the biotech space. And so if I'm looking at opportunities, and we are for clients, that's where I'm looking. It's too much of a crapshoot. to find the vaccine. And even if that happens, how much money are they really going to make? So as a trade, sure. But this is an investment. Let's keep things moving. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. My name is Darren in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've got a question for you. If you don't mind taking a look at the Invesco Oppenheimer Steel Path MLPDX looking to get into something long-term, sitting at $2.64 right now. Obviously, going to see what that does here in the next month or two, and then uh, looking to get a position and hold it long-term and just want to know your thoughts. I appreciate it. appreciate the show. Thanks. All right, looking at the Vesco Opportunity Steel Path MLP Income Fund. First off, this is an A-share fund. Is it does it have a load trying to see that? Many A share funds do. So if it does, I would definitely pass on on that on this uh share class, the A share class. And usually A share has low f- expense ratio. And right now expense ratio is one point four. Way too expensive. I think you're after that twenty six percent trailing twelve month yield. First off, that's not the yield you're going to get. Many of these masculine partnerships have cut their dividends, and so you're unlikely to get that. So I would absolutely, this is a one-star or more. This is probably one of the worst funds I have ever seen. So I would absolutely pass on this. And if you are after that yield, let me, let me go back. And I've been saying this. I say this regularly, but I don't know if people really listen. Investing in a dividend, sorry, let me go back. Dividend investing is not about finding companies that just pay a high dividend. It's not dividend investing. Dividend investing is finding companies, analyzing companies that are sustainable, that have cash flows, that have good balance sheets, and then that pay a dividend and hopefully can Grow that dividend over time. So when you're dividend, investing in dividends, for dividends, focus on the company first. Everyone focuses on the dividend. Guess what? Dividends can be cut tomorrow. Management can cut the dividend Whenever they want. And in tough economic times, oftentimes they do. So when you're investing 
for a dividend, you want to be investing in good businesses. That's the first analysis you have to make. Is this a good business? Not is this a good dividend. Is this a good business? Let's go to Noel in Napa asking about silver. Hi, Justin. Uh, How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and I, I told you I wanted to get into the uh, silver miner space, and, uh, and I was going to, I wanted to buy uh, uh, SIL, uh, but I tried to buy it below the price, and it shot up like a rocket, and so it's up, you know, I was trying to get it for like $35 a share, and it's, now it's 46 and I feel like it's left me behind, so... Should I pass on SIL and uh, maybe try PAAS or SSRM? Maybe they haven't. Uh, uh, maybe they haven't appreciated quite as drastically and might work better. What's your opinion? Well, you're talking about investing in two individual companies, PAAS, which is Pan American Silver, or SSR Mining, SSRM. Both are silver miners and. If you invest in an individual company, there's more risk there, right? There's more risk of operation risk. SIL, you're buying a basket. Uh, and I believe, I'm sure Pan American is in there. I would imagine SSRM is in there as well. So you're, there's two, two different types of investments. SIL, you're just getting broad exposure there. Um, so it's just how you, how you want to do it. And, and don't, don't get too caught up. We're in a precious metal bull market. So don't don't get cute. Don't get cute. I think silver and silver miners are likely to have a near-term pullback. They've got a little overbought. But that just means that you're going to have more opportunity. But don't get cute. If you have to pay up, pay up. Thanks for the call, Noel. Let's go to Vic in San Jose looking at BIRS, which is Pacer Biothreat Strategy. This is an ETF in the biothreat space. Can you tell me a little bit more about this ETF? Yeah, I was looking at it, but it's fairly new, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is strictly for the vaccination part of it. So I was wondering uh, if you have any more data and see if you can analyze this uh, ETF for me. Uh, I found that this is the only ETF it has strictly for the vaccination part. Yeah. Well, this is same thing, right? Everyone as the, the re, everyone's interested in this, right? Typically, when these right. type of uh, ETFs come out, it means that the space has way too much interest. Every every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants to buy it. Right, and all these companies are drastically overvalued. And like I said before, your the odds of any single one uh, getting the the vaccine is very low. And in this case, I think this is even worse because you're going to be buying a basket, sure, but there's only going to be one, maybe two, and then the rest are going to drop dramatically because they're this didn't work, so I don't. I this is I would not buy this at all. <laughs> I mean, I rather 
bet on. I'd rather do some deep research and bet on one that I really think is going to be the one, and that's a better strategy than owning a bunch that the vast majority are going to fail. I don't know about that. Now I could look at. I don't. I don't. I can't. My system doesn't bring up the holdings because it's so new. It's only been around for geez, what a month? Not even. Came out on. Uh, June 25th. So yeah, less than a month. Um, yeah, so I would pass on it. It's just just hype. Just There's a lot of these ETFs that come out. If an ETF is very new, think about why a company launches an ETF. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get assets. They're trying to get people interested. Well, is it easier to get people interested in something that's hot and sexy right now? Or... Is it easier to get money into uh, from people to invest in, I don't know, something that's not that exciting, industrials or whatever? No, you're going to come out with something that is easy to sell. It gets people hyped up. And so when you see a smattering of these type of ETFs coming out in a, on a particular space, means that space is probably very, very overvalued. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. Yes, the economy is starting to reopen, but in phases. And the economy is starting to, that V bottom is no longer really a V bottom. I think it's more like a W. And it looks like we're starting the next down leg of that W. But that doesn't mean that your retirement objectives need to be put on a hold. So if you need help optimizing your portfolio, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial office in Irvine, California. We want to help you. Whether you're an aggressive investor, young, or maybe you are more conservative, looking for income, and retirement, pre-retirement, maybe you have an old 401k that you need invested better. Sit down with us, or at least have a call with us. These are no-cost portfolio reviews. No obligation. We just see where you're at. Give you some pointers. Give you some feedback. Maybe we can do it better for you. Maybe we can't. Really up to you to decide. But if you want to set up a meeting with us, you can send a message through investtalk.com. And now I'm here, ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We have good news. Steve and Justin have recorded an all-new Rapid Fire Hour. It's a free podcast download, and you'll hear answers to 30 caller questions. You still get unbiased answers, but the show moves along at a faster pace. You can find it now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Search Invest Talk June Bonus Show. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls. The Anytime Listener line is open, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Hogan out of Alasta, Georgia. Love the show. I uh, got a question about Alibaba, B-A-B-A. Last year, they announced that they were going to split the stocks. It's coming up to the day. They're supposed to split in July. Is it time to buy in? What should we do? Thank you. No, we are short Alibaba. Uh, I'm not a fan of the internet's 
Chinese internet companies or Chinese companies just in general. There's too much geopolitical risk. Uh, like I've said before, they all have some level of fraud. It's just a matter of how much. And if there is scrutiny on their books, right, they have to live up to the same counting standards, for example, as our listed companies. I think that's going to be big trouble for those names. And, you know, with the recent uh, news with the consulate in Houston burning stuff in their courtyard and them having to shut that down, that's just, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So uh, history tells me that we will put some restrictions on Chinese listed companies. Uh, and I think that's coming down the pipe. So I'd definitely stay away from Alibaba. Now, the housing existing home sales came out yesterday, and the headline says there was record gains, and that was certainly true. On a month-over-month basis, existing home sales jumped 20.7%. That's month-over-month. That's after three straight months of decline. Now, inventory remains low, and so that's relatively bullish. But what this showed report showed was that there's a shift towards bigger homes and properties away from city centers, urban centers. People want to work from home or are working from home, maybe homeschooling their kids. And the slow recovery in the economy and the labor market will limit growth in home sales going forward. And that is why I think you're likely to see continued deterioration. Year over year, you saw a decline in prices. And year over year, there's still a decline in sales. Down, uh, what was it? 18% from pre-pandemic levels. Sorry, 11% year over year, but 18% from the pre-pandemic numbers. So that was the home sales market. Still relatively weak, even though it was a little bit better of a month. This is Invest Talk. We're going into our final break. So I want to answer your questions. Give me a call at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Brett uh, from the East Bay. I want to see what you guys thought of GEO moving forward. That's ticker symbol Gamma Echo Oscar. Stock's gotten beat up a lot over the last few months. Uh, I know there's some concerns about debt. I know it shows a really high dividend yield right now, and I'm not trying to get, catch that dividend. I understand it's probably going to get cut. Looks like it got beat up because its main competitor is switching from being a REIT over to just being a regular company. But just wanted to see what you guys thought of it going forward. Seems like it could be a, a value play because it's going to keep making money. I know it's not a popular area, being with prisons and everything, but I just think they're going to keep building more and more prisons. So let us know what you think. Thank you. That's the issue here. You just hit on it right at the end, is that prisons, private prisons are not popular, especially with the Democratic Party. And based on the odds makers, not polls, but you know, that's I don't follow really polls. I follow what the odds are, right? What bookies are placing bets on who's going to win the election. And so far, it's about uh, two to one that 
Biden is going to win. Uh, and there's an increasing chance that there will be a Democratic sweep in Congress as well, meaning Democrats will own the White House as well as both chambers of com- Congress. Now, I'm not saying that's likely to happen, just saying that those odds are increasing. And if that does happen, you are going to likely see private prisons, I think, outlawed completely. We go back to the public space. Uh, and that's the issue here is I just see this as a too big of a risk, the, the political risk being too large for me to chase these names. Now, uh, if for whatever reason there's some sort of bill that puts that off for an extended period of time or quells that worry, I'd be happy to buy it after it jumps a decent amount, you know, because it'll probably jump, consolidate, and keep going up. So technically it looks poor. I know it pays that dividend, but like you said, it's likely to be cut. And I just don't like the geopolitical risk or just the political risk, not, I guess not geopolitical, but political risk for this name. So I would pass on GEO or any of the prison REITs. 8899 chart, 8892 Last thing I want to touch on is state planning. And I know a lot of people put this off, you know, lawyers are involved and it's a benefit for after life. It doesn't help you during your life typically. But the pandemic has shed some light on thinking about this. Now there's some key estate planning documents that are important. A will, an advanced directive or a living will, power of attorney for healthcare and financial matters, guardianship for minors, children, etc. So what do you need to have in order? First, a financial overview. This is about managing your investments, paying your bills, bank accounts, so on. And a financial overview basically lays out the basics of your financials in a straightforward manner. State plan, right? What, where to find documents? Who are the key agents or powers of attorneys, executors? What about assets? Just where are the accounts? Who owns them? Insurance coverage, right? Life insurance, for example. That's important. If you pass away, you have life insurance. Your heirs need to know where who to call and collect. What about a house? Property ID, mortgage, going over cars, regular household bills, etc. And then you have a master directory. And this lays out in a detailed version of your financial overview. So what are the account numbers, URLs, to log into accounts, name of individuals you might deal with at those particular institutions. And you want to make sure that's encrypted under lock and key because it's a lot of sensitive information. And plan for personal property, listing out what sentimental things go to who. That can be a big battle. What about a plan for your pets? You can even do a pet will. It's pretty interesting. Or pet trust, excuse me. Anyway, something you should think about, especially in times like this. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return on Monday. Steve Peasley will be here tomorrow with highlights from the newest KPP Premium newsletter. In the meantime, please remember to download our new June Rapid Fire Hour bonus podcast. It is free. You can get it right now. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Please tell your friends about our podcast. 
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.